Here at Important Question, we pride ourselves in being progressive by asking the necessary questions that might make some people uncomfortable. Today's episode is capable of such discomfort. Bruce Jenner, U.S. Olympian and reality TV father, has been in the news lately for coming out as a trans woman. So, with the utmost tolerance and civility, we ask, would you ever chop off your ding-dong or grow a ding-dong from your lady bits? Now, we know the difference between transgender and sexual reassignment. They aren't the same thing, nor are they mutually exclusive. But neither of us, myself, Caleb J. Ross, and Gordon Highland, have personal experience with being trans. So please, please, please be tolerant if we fail to use correct terminology. So with all that being said, our direct question, would you get a sex change? On the count of three, Gordon, one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Good, good thing I brought over my surgeon's kit. Let's well, get this okay, over with. Yeah, let's just I mean, why, cut why out not? the middleman, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Already an awesome pun from Gordon Highland. Uh, so tell me, why why are you so excited and eager to to uh, get your get your knob chopped off? No, let's be clear. What is this, a British podcast now? My knob? <laughs> my tallywhacker? I'm just, uh, hey, I'm just uh, reading what you're throwing at me. All okay. right. I wanted to be clear that I'm not eager to perform any sort of uh, surgical procedures. Well, no, you'd get a surgeon to do it. That's a good, important distinction. Yeah. yeah We're not yeah. talking about like homemade uh, back room kind of no procedures. No, no. I want to distinguish the fact that, that I would not as the person that I am now, obviously, but that I would certainly want to do that if I felt that I were born as the wrong gender. So, so you're, you're, you would like now is what you're saying. <laughs> No. I've read your diary, sir. No, no, I wouldn't have it done. Uh, but but I would because I think I think that's just that's such a hard thing to live with. And the the younger you can have it done, the better. And we're, we're living in an age today where uh, people are more accepting, more tolerant of these sorts of things. And, and people are discovering this about themselves at younger and younger ages, I believe. But also at the same time, I would also I would want to move and start over. And the reason for that is I just think there's, you're asking a lot of those that are close to you uh, and maybe there's someone would, would stick with you, but your, your coworkers and your loved ones that it's, it's a lot of work for them. I think the transition part of it is what is so difficult for um, a lot of people to handle. It's not the before, it's not the after, it's the in-between stuff, all that sort of gray area, gray matter <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I don't and, think you're getting your brain removed. Well, but, but if, if I guess in a guy's case, you could potentially be getting rid of yeah. the most, the One second third. most important yeah. organ in your body. Probably. I'm looking forward to only making 78% <laughs> of what I make right now as a woman. <laughs> but yeah, just the idea of starting over and having a, a clean slate, you're a new person, so to speak. You don't have to deal with a lot of the, well, you used to be this, but now you're that. And how do we deal with that? Ugh. I think that speaks to the, how closely woven or intertwined your gender identity is with the rest of your life because it would be easy for me to say well gender identity is just one particular portion of your life you still have friends you still have family you still have a job you still have all of these things that you would probably not want to give up you know i I would like to think that there would be a situation where you wouldn't just kind of get up and leave or you just couldn't get up and leave but considering that that reassigning a gender would be so important that you're willing to give up all of these relationships that you've already built up all over your entire life so i think a lot of people go through that whether they move or not, they're they're cutting off probably a third of the people in their lives just by the nature of the choice they've made. Mm-hmm. But that said, if you did pack up and move, you're you're insulting a lot of those people who have stuck with you through this process and who are very tolerant and who want maybe to see you as an example and see you through this 
and come out the other end. I think, and I think you're speaking too from someone who this goes back to some of the other episodes we've done. You know, would you be uglier or or uh, or dumber, and and dumber. a lot of other types of uh, types of uh, questions like that? Because you're speaking from someone who obviously isn't in the mental state to make the type of decision that we're talking about. Right. And I, you know, I have the mind of a 13 year old. <laughs> yeah, a 13 year old who hasn't yet realized. Uh, um, so I think it. In those situations, though, you would probably want and you would probably need the support of everyone around you if you're going through a transition, right? I mean, it would be, it seems like it would be cleaner, a cleaner cut, so to speak, to just get up and leave, right? And have this whole new world when you're going through the transition. But that's also the time when you'll most likely need people next to you to support you. That, that's true. And so it's, it's got to be so hard for people going through this. And that's, you know, one of the points I wanted to make in this podcast is that I think, and this sounds a little bit crass, but this is new to a lot of people, myself included. And I think it's important that we uh, we kind of lighten up on the whole issues of the pronoun usage and the him and the hers and the this and the that and what do I call you and what restroom to use and da 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 da, because this is a learning process for a lot of us. Not a lot of us have personal experience with this. I have a lot of gay friends and gay coworkers. I don't know any trans people personally. And I think when you deal with that, you see that with politicians. They couldn't understand the gay agenda, <laughs> so to speak, until or gay rights until their cousin or their daughter-in-law came out as gay. And then all of a sudden it hit them home and then they were forced to deal with it in a way, but they also became more accepting as a result. So I, I hope that the people can, can understand that people who are sort of ignorant of these things aren't necessarily against them. They just don't know any better. And we need to kind of hold their hands and, and drag them. through. I think process. for everyone in, uh, in the society that I'm familiar with anyway, is in a transition of terminology and a transition of jargon. I feel like we're, we're defending ourselves a lot in this podcast, yeah. but it probably makes, it probably makes sense to do so. There's just, there's a lot of terminology out there that no one is really for sure. There is no specific definition about what, what d different types of people in different states of their lives should and should not be called. And so, yeah, it's, that's a very long qualifier for this episode, yeah, but important. But even people within the trans community themselves not everyone agrees on the terminology there either. And that make that and that muddles muddies the waters because some people who are transsexuals don't identify as transgender because they look at it as like, no, I was always a woman. And the the surgery, the procedure I'm having done is just to correct what I always was. I'm not transing anything. Mm -hmm. And and so that that's that can be kind of odd. Whereas other people, we generally think of a transsexual as being someone who's had the surgery done, the SRS sexual reassignment surgery. But some transsexuals who've just lived their entire lives at, let's say what used to be a man became a woman um, as women. If they live that 24 seven, they project that gender identity 24 seven, they consider that being a transsexual, even though they've had no surgical procedures done. And that gets kind of confusing to me. <laughs> and so that's why all the label stuff is like, let's just try to be as tolerant as we can, as loving as we can to these people and not worry so much about the labels uh, I, I want to go back to something you talked about the, the politician, you know, politicians are uh, not very tolerant until they themselves have someone that they've, the, the, someone in their lives that is, uh, that fits into various categories. And I think that can be broadened to really any sort of intolerance. Um, you know, just because for example, for me, just because I can't empathize and the true word of uh, true definition of the term empathize, not sympathize. I can definitely sympathize with transgender people, but I can't empathize because I was never a transgender person. And so just because I, nece I can't necessarily empathize with them doesn't mean that they don't exist. You know, intolerant people, I think, suffer from an inability to look beyond their own circumstances. And it's really as simple as that, whether it's sexism, racism, homophobia, it doesn't matter. They aren't able to understand that there's a mental state beyond their own mental state. They project their own mental state on everybody and assume that 
that's quote unquote normal. Right. And once you get past that, that sort of is when you become more tolerant and accepting. And I think there's probably something very deep there. And there's probably plenty of resources out there that I could have read prior to this podcast, but I don't do research. Nah, for why, this would thing. You? why would you do that? Especially when you're talking about non, non-heated topics like this one. <laughs> it's okay. You saw that X-Men movie, right? They, they did the thing, you know, the whole, the mutant uh, concept is sort of a metaphor oh, right, for right, homosexuality. Right, right. And there was a scene where I can't remember if there's a senator or somebody like that. They injected him with a mutant gene or whatever, and he turned into a mutant in order for the bad guys did this. They injected him in order that he would understand their plight and maybe help pass legislation. And it was only until he had the experience of what it was like that he could see through those eyes. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. Even for me though, I admit it took me a long time to come around to this idea of uh, it not being a choice. I, I kind of grew up and I grew up Catholic, but I don't think it had a lot to do with that. I, I thought both gay folks and trans folk, trans folk, trans folk, like a <laughs> Showtime series. Sounds like a really horrible, like redneck robot TV show. <laughs> trans series. <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> oh, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you I, imagine I'm that? really going to extract, I'm going to take out that quote just now. And that's going to be the soundbite for every time I promote this episode so that you are looked at as the jerk. Always. (laughs) Yeah. But it it did. It took me a while to come around to that. And I think I kind of what sealed it for me is someone explained to me, why would you want to live with such scorn? I mean, it's ridiculous. Even in today's, you know, very permissive atmosphere to to want to bring that upon yourself is, is ridiculous. I've talked to several gay people who have said, and again, I'm equating the two. I apologize. They've, they've said to me that, they would rather not be gay. They wish they weren't. It would be so much easier for them, but that's who they are. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I can't argue with that. Yeah, that's true. What about the idea of a third gender? Um, the hijras in India are legally recognized uh, as a third gender, and that includes on you know passports and other official documents and things like that. I mean, is that something that we th- that should be broadened? Do you think to be so? Is it is it that the legal acceptance? It's it's strange that a legal legal acceptance of something would then create a cultural acceptance. You would think it would actually be kind of the reverse. And we're starting to see that with like gay marriage and things like that in the United States. I think you know if the Supreme Court, I believe, is going to rule in in June or July um, regarding the legality of of gay marriage on a countrywide level. um, Hopefully, maybe the legal the 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 legal situation will then make it more acceptance in the in the culture in general. I mean, do you think that's something that would be helpful? No, I, I think it's great that they have the third thing, the third uh, gender. I think if you went back 20 years and you said, you mentioned this idea of a third, what is it? The, the uh, hijras. Yes. In India, they'd be like, great, fantastic. And then you fast forward to today and it's like, there's like 10, 15 different categories. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you going to do about it? There's so many. And it, it seems like it's developing over time, LGBT, lettuce and tomato. And I think that speaks to the fact that there's too much focus put on gender to begin with. Uh, and it comes down to maybe it's just, you know, the aversion for the general public is just the icky factor. Um, it's just, you know, it gets it, down to bathroom behavior. You know, what bathrooms do they go to? And I think that's a question that a lot of people zero in on because it's a very tangible concept, but also one that brings up a lot of personal habits and things yeah, like that that you don't really want to do. affect it. someone in real life. And really... Uh, I thought about that that one for a while, and I think the the politically correct answer is that you should use the restroom that is, that uh, correlates with your gender identity. If you feel that you're a woman, you should use the ladies' room. Um, the issue with that is like, is it just like people start thinking, oh, so it's whatever you feel like then? Mm-hmm. You think you're a woman, so then you can have that. a legitimate pervert, like you know, exactly. sneaking in for just one 
day into a ladies' room or something like that. You people know? think about that, but they don't really put themselves in the, in the shoes of the, of the individual person because really, no one wants to know what everybody else, anyone else is doing in the restroom. <laughs> That's true. You get in, you do your business. You don't even really want the guy peeking over at you. You're kind of, you maybe you're turning at a 30 degree angle so he's not looking at your dong or people something. People have a hard enough time pooping in public. I yes. mean, not me though. I love pooping in public. It's every new bathroom is a new experience. Um, every, it's enjoyable for me to get up in the middle of work and just poop in the bathroom and just go as crazy as I can. I, and I work in a small office. I'm not even joking here, Gordon. You're looking at me like I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> I'm sure the trans it's community wonderful. appreciates your, your transition, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> they better, damn it. <laughs> it's all about restroom etiquette. But what about like, say something a little more intimate, like a locker room? It's it's similar idea that, you know, you should go to the room in which you are assigned by your outward genitalia, your external genitalia. But really that too it's a it's a private thing. It's I don't think your typical trans person goes in there and is like, I'm going to get to see some yeah. dogs. <laughs> they won't know what's coming. I think if we can assume for a moment that the majority of trans are also gay or lesbian. Let's just assume that. Okay. I'm not going to yes. say, I'm not going to say it's hundred percent, but let's just assume that if that's the case, what would be the problem with having a gay female in a male locker room anyway? Right. They're, they're not guys. there for that anyway. You know, and like they're not what's looking the point? Anyway. I'm a straight male. I don't want to see that. I'm avoiding that. I'm kind of turning myself away. That's people are, are private in that way. No one's going in to be a sexual predator. In, and in if they rooms. are, that's a sexual predator, not a symptom of someone being right. trans. You know, that's yes. a someone being a pervert. Something that I thought was really interesting is that people that actually have the surgery done, sexual reassignment surgery, sometimes they come out of that having reversed sexual preference, their orientation as well. And that to me is super interesting because maybe they hadn't considered that. And uh, they thought, let's say they're a man becoming a, a woman, sexually speaking, but they just assumed that they would still be attracted to women as their, their mental manliness uh, mm -hmm. was. And then they go through it, they become a woman, and then they're attracted to men after sometime after the operation. Hmm. And what, how does that kind of mess with someone? Because I think you're going to start fighting that as well, assuming it's against your natural instincts and it, it's a change that has happened to you. That is really fascinating because I think that gets at when I said earlier about me not being able to empathize necessarily did the person really not know that they were gay before doing the sexual? Like, it seems to me as though they would, they, they would have had to have some sort of hunch that they were gay. And then they, you know, got the, got the surgery and, and started liking males in this case, in your, in your example. But again, I've never been in that position, so I don't know. In Iran, it's a very popular place to have reassignment surgery. And what's odd about that is that we think of the, the culture over there, the Shia law or whatever they're under. This is not a political show, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is, they don't like gay people. We, we know that. And uh, being a homosexual is a capital offense, punishable by death. They take it very seriously over there. However, they are into forgiveness and they will forgive you for being gay if you have a sex change. That's so crazy. It is crazy. So people go over there. There's a whole market uh, in the open for these surgeries and people are having them done, even though they're not homosexuals, because of the stigma attached to it. And that's the only way that they can live uh, in the society with, without judgment. Quick correction, because they're not trans. You said because they're not homosexuals, but they are. And they're Correct. Doing, okay. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Usually we save the corrections for the next episode. I'm glad you caught me there. Well, that so was we don't a real have to... correction. Anyone familiar with this podcast knows real that, time. that coming, up, uh, coming up later are corrections that they're not real. That's a little... <laughs> breaking the fourth wall moment there. Um, I want to get back to the, to the idea of bathrooms because I, I have, I have two sons 
And I bring that up for a reason because if could we eliminate the uh, the ickiness factor if we were to create a culture in which there was a single bathroom type and male, female, uh, no matter what gender you associate unisex. with unisex, unisex, everything is just one bathroom. Pansexual. Now, I say I bring up a I bring up my children because from my perspective, I honestly wouldn't care if they were in the bathrooms with with males, females, whatever. That doesn't bother me. We've always been very um, open with them about the differences between men and women. And, and I, I, I hope they grow up to be just fine, upstanding citizens. Um, for that reason, they could they could rob banks and all that kind of stuff. I don't care. But uh, I, would that be possible? Do you think? I mean, would that even be a thing? It's expensive to do that. I, I think I don't think we'll ever get to the unisex where there's Unless you go to a gay bar and then there's a unisex restroom and all kinds of <laughs> shady, if you will, I'm quoting shady activity goes on in there. I think there can be three of them, but I don't think there can be one of them, at least not in the general public sphere. Yeah, that's sad. I wish there could be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Would you, just... if, if there were three of them, would you ever use the unisex bathroom? Yeah. Just as a matter of. Especially uh, if I had to poop really bad and the other two were, <laughs> and the other two were taken up. It's the least used one. Yeah. The odds are. I would assume so. It's the yeah. same reason I use the handicap still. Right. I mean, not to say that trans are handicapped. That's right. kind of a weird, <laughs> a weird stretch, but. And you realize all of a sudden there's like a restroom attendant. There's a, there's a, uh, a velvet robe, <laughs> a super high end air Have you ever freshener. been to a woman's bathroom in, pu in public places? They're generally, mm, that's not far from what they often have. Why have you been in one? Because that's what they, that's how they exist because there's couches and there's flowers and I want couches and flowers in my bathroom. And tampon it. machines. And tampon. Is that what those are? I thought they were bullet hole stopper. Like for like, I thought they were like, if you're a real man and you yeah. get shot with a bullet, you just It's a, yeah, you've seen enough action movies. You know, I, yeah, just take, a, a, take a maxi pad on there and get back in the frame. Isn't that what that is? <laughs> All right, let's move on to today's sponsor. All right. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by the brand new 2016 Pontiac Trans Am. Following the great tradition of affordable muscle cars, the Trans Am comes fully equipped with Bluetooth connectivity, four-wheel drive, multiple vanity mirrors so you can check on the status of your beard to make sure she's comfortable in the <laughs> in the seat, and and with her born gender, I guess. Um, it you know it, I'll move on. It also comes with heated seats, rear-facing cameras, but you, but you don't have to have those if you don't if you don't want to. I mean, you could leave the lot and then realize you know this car isn't for you for any reason at all, and then you could just change uh, the cars. Yeah, or or there's plenty of aftermarket parts that you could use. Maybe you just want dual exhaust, or maybe you want to get you started with dual exhaust, but then you realize later that you just want single exhaust. I mean, this is uncomfortable. You know what? Just get the Trans Am Trans Am. Thank you, Pontiac. Pontiac. We also have a correction this week. In the previous episode, which was, would you sell out? I had said that uh, I was lucky to have a career that, that paid the bill so I could pursue art on my own time and uh, that that would not compromise me. Since then, I have been fired and I would now do anything you would like for any amount of money. My soul is officially for sale. Would you get a sex change? What's it pay? What are the hours? <laughs> About two. <laughs> Should we wrap this up? I think so. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, SoundCloud. You can see the latest episodes from the podcast. Also, go to importantquestionpodcast.com. That's the official online home. Uh, go to Twitter, and you can follow Important Pod, or you can connect directly with myself or Gordon, me, at Caleb J. Ross. And, and me, at Gordon Highland. And you can tell us directly, would you get a sex change? And also... If we use some terminology incorrectly or you want to lead us to some articles or anything, please feel free. We definitely are willing to learn and expand our horizons. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you.